Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Leon Dolan here in Pasadena, California. I'm a writer and producer. And this week, I am something special. I'm going to tell what? you some surprising personal news, Julie, right after this. Really? So stay tuned. I have something else to add to my opening act now. How about you? What's up, Jill? Wow, this is Julie Dolan. I'm the oldest sister. I'm in Dallas, Texas, in my closet. I'm a little nervous when Leanne says she has some big personal news to share. I don't know what that is. I'm a podcaster. I'm an empty nester. And I'm also a nana to uh, five grandchildren. Yes. So Leanne, what's happening? Okay. You- so, so this week, I was named by a woman that lives in Pasadena who's been tracking these things for about a decade now. I was put on a list of the most well-mannered people in Pasadena. Really, Leanne? Yes. Mom would be so happy. <sighs> she would. Wouldn't she? I uh, mean, what, really. What, what, what are your qualifications? Because, uh, I mean, you know, I think you have like pretty good manners, but like the most well-mannered. Right. That seems like uh, some whole different category of social graces that uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're rude or anything, Leanne. No, but, I no. get it, Julie. Believe me, okay. I feel the pressure now to live up to the title most well-mannered person in Pasadena. Um, I, think, I think it had a lot to do with my online presence. Because I, you know, I do, I think I managed to uh, hold the line online on Facebook and uh, on any of the other, on Instagram and even on this show, I think we have a level of civility that is much okay, appreciated by people. That's true. And uh, yeah, did, am I grateful that um, Pam Hillings, who put the list together, didn't see me at the post office two weeks before <laughs> I Christmas? Mean, I am. I, mean, I am grateful. I mean, I mean, you know, you, there are certain things that you have triggers. I'll just say. Waiting in line. I am not as, good at waiting in line. Um, as your sister, as your loving sister. In fact, I won't even go into any others because I don't want to trigger you. You know, if no. you see what I mean. You see how this conversation goes. I'm very happy for you. Yeah. Yes. And I do try to, uh, you know, support community activities and yes, people in do. the community yes. and the town in general. So I think, I think I made the list for, you know, my online presence more than anything. Other people on the list, there's a cinematographer, there's a neuropsychologist, there's a vet vet tech, a philanthropist, the manager of the Ralphs, a community volunteer, the person that owns the laundry, an internist. You know, it's a wide range of people. Well, so, that's very yeah. nicely. And I can't wait Thank you. until when we can gather again as a family for Thanksgiving dinner and you can sit down <laughs> and you can be the most well-mannered at the table, Leanne. Can't wait. Can't wait for that. Okay. Maybe you can do a demo with knife and fork demo, you know, table. I'd be maker. happy to. I'd okay. be happy to show off some of those manners. Okay. Maybe um, we'll open a little school for Okay. Uh, for Stop now. Just, Stop now, Julie. Now, now you're Ms. done. Miss Manners. <laughs> now you're done. Okay. Nope. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, congratulations. Sister. Thank you. That is really quite an honor. Thank you. Uh, all right. Today on the show, we have some other exciting things coming up. You'll notice Liz is not here uh, this week. She obligations that she needed to take care of this week. She's conserving her energy for some of the rehab work she has to do, but she's planning on being here next week. She's still working on her theme for 2021. And she feels like by next week, she'll know what her marching orders are. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but she did want to thank people for all the supportive posts and the dog photos and the nice notes. She's very, very grateful. And they really have um, picked up her spirits. Wouldn't you say, Joel? Absolutely. So keep them coming, you know, and they are just amazing dog, amazing pets, uh, children, whatever you've got, just keep it coming. So keep sending positive uh, thoughts down the line. It's all helping. Right. 
Um, okay, today on the show, though, we're super happy to welcome back uh, to Satellite Sisters, Claire Tansy. You know, she's one of our favorite recipe developers and cookbook writers, uh, and Claire's newest book is Dinner Uncomplicated. It's a fan favorite with Satellite Sisters. So she's going to talk to us about some food trends she's seen over the pandemic and what she thinks is going to stay and what's going to go. Uh, and uh, I'm, I can't wait to hear that list. Yeah, also, I'm, I'm curious. Yep. Very funny posts on the Satellite Sisters about food kitchen disasters. So Claire has categorized the kitchen disasters. And then, you know, just a little bit about what, what I should do with that sour cream that I'm still working down. Um, so. Pound tub of sour cream. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, uh, so that's on, Claire's coming up. Julie, you have um, both a round table and a hodgepodge that you're yes, bringing us Yes, I to do, Leanne. I, I do. I'm really bringing it. But this is round table discussion with Leanne Dolan, <laughs> a.k.a. Miss Manners, okay? Okay. Three Good hot stop. topics. Okay. <laughs> Three hot topics. We're going to get Leanne's take on these. You're going to want to weigh in on it as well. Yes. Okay. And then um, I read something interesting in a new magazine uh, that the folks at Hearst or Meredith are putting out called Millie. It's, you know, financial literacy for women. But the, the cover story was The Big Pivot, Real Women on How They Redefine Their Work and Their Lives. And I think this pandemic has forced a lot of people to pivot in terms of their work lives. Either they I agree fired I or hear, they're... Right. I hear stories every single day. Every day. Right. They, about people just having to make a shift or were fired, laid off, or just, you know, they just can't do the virtual school, working at home. That it's, you know, it's not sustainable. Right. So we talked a couple of weeks ago about, um, you know, about working moms being burned out. So this is the other end of that story. If you're pivoting, there's some advice from real women. There are a couple of real women that they profiled that I love their stories. And so I wanted to share them. So that's happening. And then we have a couple of other, a couple of other items, but um, you know what, Julie, first I have to do a small satellite sisters tribute to Larry King, who <laughs> passed away this week. Now, um, for those of you who are longtime listeners to Light Sisters, you'll know that in particular, our sister Liz um, was, uh, I don't know if he was a fan is the right word of Larry King. She, she, she was, she was mesmerized and confused by his. Larry, Larry King was in her life, and yes. she wasn't exactly sure why or what it meant. <laughs> right, he was there every night in her life. And um, and she had to develop a relationship with him. Yes. There you go. For an hour of primetime news, it was Larry King. And that was something that Liz objected to. Because as she said to us yesterday, Larry King, the man that never met a follow-up question. So, so, so if you're a longtime listener, you know Liz used to regularly do a Larry King report, like things she couldn't believe Larry said this week. So when he died, of course, it was the first person I thought of. He died I did after- too. I sent, no. I sent her a text, RIP, Larry King. I know. I know she was going to be moved by it. Yes. So here's the weird story. Uh, Ten years ago, uh, we went to Larry King's house, Liz and I. We were invited to a book signing at his house. Uh, Wendy Walker, his longtime producer, was had published a book called Producer, Okay, lessons shared from 30 years in television. But she was really the person that made Larry King Larry because one of the hallmarks of Larry King was that he managed to get fantastic guests even though he never prepared for the interviews, which he admits. (laughs) Or asked a follow-up question. So this was a book party for his producer. One of the other co-hosts was a friend of Liz's and that's how we got on the list. And it was at his house in Beverly Hills. That's amazing. Like there you are. Well, that will be kind of a hoot. That'll be a hoot to do that. And, um, and I think the book party was probably from like six to eight, right? They're finite things. They don't go all night. They're not late. And so of course, typical Dolan family fashion, we're like early in, early out. That was our decision. We were going to be like the first ones there. We're going to see Liz's friend, meet the producer, and then get our book and then leave. Okay. So we show up at Larry King's house in Beverly Hills and- <laughs> Just that you keep it's saying strange. that. It's <laughs> strange. 
it's strange. I mean, we, we all have met Larry King because he was one year he was an MC at the Gracie Allen Awards. Yeah, we right. He at the Gracie. Yes, and he's not an elusive character. I mean, in Los no. Angeles, I used to see him at the deli all the time. Like he's a guy that's around a lot. You know, he goes to the games and stuff. So it didn't seem that abnormal to be going to Larry King's house. But what was abnormal was when you showed up, no one was home. Like literally no one was home. People were milling about outside, like ringing the doorbell and no one was home. There was no valet Parker, which I know may sound strange. Like that's a sign that no one's home. But when you have a party in in Beverly Hills, yeah, someone needs to park the cars because there's not street parking in Beverly Hills that's that's accessible. Uh, So there was no valet Parker. No one was opening the door. Long story short, Julie, it's clear he forgot he was hosting the book party because he showed up like 45 minutes later, just let people into the house, but there was no food, there was no drink, there was just a stack of books in the middle of the room. Guess by now, like Kathy Griffin is there and a few other people you'd recognize are just wandering through the house because there are no food, no drinks, no books, no Larry. And so- At one point, I found myself just sitting in Larry King's office. And you know what Larry King had a lot of in his office? Photos of Larry King. There were a lot of photos of Larry King in Larry King's office. And I'm sitting there. And then another guy comes in to take refuge. And we start chatting, having a funny conversation about where Larry could be. Like, where's Larry? (laughs) Because other people are realizing that something's amiss. Something's amiss. This is not normal you know the early in early out strategy is gone but the guy i was talking to was gary marshall the famous oh director oh, I was talking to him for quite a while and then finally some food shows up and it's literally from the jewish deli down the street it's like take out deli boxes of of like turkey and swiss it's just it was just and then and this is a book party for the woman that produced him for 30 years. And finally, like Larry comes downstairs, like makes a dramatic entrance, says a few words, people take their books, but it was just, it was just nuts. It was just a nutty, funny night. And that is what I thought of when I heard the news about Larry King. So I wanted to just tell that story. Liz, we had a good laugh over it yesterday, how weird that book story was, that book party was. Easy in, easy out. Not so much, Larry. Totally forgot that he was hosting the party. But anyway, thank Memorable. you, Larry. Okay, you gave <laughs> thank you, you gave, Larry. You gave the Dolan sisters some great <laughs> memories there, Larry. Good work. Rest in peace. Um, Leon, that's so funny. Um, Leon, hey, I have satellite sisters of the week that I would like to honor. Um, oh, these okay. are two sisters from Austin, Texas. Alexandra, twenty-five. And her younger sister, Andrea, 18, and last name, Botez. Okay, they are, here's the thing about these two sisters. They are both in the top 97th point five percentile on chess.com. Now, what that really means, I have no idea, Leanne, because I don't play chess, but that means that both (laughs) Alexandra and Andrea are really good chess players. Um, And so, but they have been doing something for the last, you know, for the last, uh, since the pandemic started, because Alexandra and Andrea found themselves home and, you know, they were, they were, they weren't professional chess players, um, but they both had learned, you know, they were very good at chess. They started to play chess online. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, they play without a board. They're just playing on a computer, but then they decided that maybe they'd stream that stream themselves playing chess online okay right does not sound that interesting to me but guess what leanne it is it is wildly interesting and part Uh of it is because of the netflix show the queen's gambit oh realize 62 million households have you know have access that netflix show and you know there's just an intense interest in chess and so Alexandra and Andrea, you know, Alexandra is a Stanford grad. Um, Andrea was going to go to college this year, but now she's homely and just right. scream, sitting in a chair. Twitching. Side by side. Yeah. Okay. And they have, like on a recent day, they had 10,000 concurrent viewers watching them during a four-hour period as they played chess. Wow. This yeah, is a this lot. Is so, a, it's a phenomenon I don't get, but... 
people, I mean, it's not just chess. It's all kinds of online gaming, other people watching. It's and huge. It's not to sound like a really old person. I mean, yeah, it's huge. It's my huge. grandsons watch Mr. Yes. Uh, Mr. A game who plays yeah. some video game. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's an Australian, sits in a big gaming chair and just yeah. plays online. Well, that's what these two, can I, did I mention they're beautiful too? Two absolutely beautiful girls. So they sit in their chairs and they play and they recently signed with NV Gaming. So they oh. now have, you know, and they're going to be content co creators and everything. So they, they just talk about being in the right spot, in the right chairs at the right, the right time. time. <laughs> they're, they're just there. And they're just, I mean, their stats are amazing, Leon, in terms of the, the amount of people that are watching this. They're, you know, they have thousands, they have hundreds of thousands of Twitter followers. I mean, people just can't get enough about this. And it's interesting. Don't let it eat you up, Jill. Don't let it eat you up. I, I mean, I almost named this segment <laughs> the Bitter Business Bureau, where we get very bitter about other people's success. But these two girls just seem so cute. They seem nice. And you realize that 25% uh, of the new chess members at chess.com are women. So oh. this movie, The Queen's Gambit, um, sparked a lot of interest and maybe other people who thought, hey, well, maybe I should try to, um, try chess. Um, so it's, it's a growing field. It's all online, this online gaming. And we have totally missed out, sister. <laughs> sister, that's the end of my story. It is. It is. But I am very happy. Can I just say that? Very happy for Alexandra and Andrea Botez from Austin, Texas. Congratulations to you. They learned how to play chess um, from their grandparents uh, who are Romanian. Uh, and that's where, you know, that's where the chess uh, tradition in their family comes from. And they're just there every day. You can go <laughs> check them out. Okay. Uh, just another just another Gen Z success story, yes. Julie. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, Leanne. Okay. So. It's like, I wanted to mention Amanda Gorman. Of course, everyone's talking about her, the extraordinary poet who performed at the inauguration last year and just mesmerized people with her words and her voice and her, her energy. And I have two things, many things to say about Amanda Gorman, but this mainly, stop ragging on Gen Z. I'm just done. As the parent of a couple of Gen Zers, it just bums me out when I see people automatically dismiss well, first of all, they call them all millennials, and that's not true. The millennials are 40 now, so, uh, but these age <laughs> and high school kids and Gen Z, they have a lot of skills and talent and awareness, and they have a tremendous interest in the world, and they have a deep knowledge of what's going on, and they showed up, and they voted, and they did all kinds of extraordinary things in the last couple of years, all through some pretty hard circumstances, so I just want to my hat is off to Gen Z. I think okay. they're doing a fine, fine job. And so let's cut them some slack. Julie, did you know that Amanda Gorman, um, well, she grew up here in Los Angeles and then she went to Harvard, but she was, of course, a Glamour Magazine College Woman of the Year. Oh, was she really? Yes. Oh, that, oh I didn't know that. Oh, yes. That's, that's, uh, that's a really nice tribute. It's yes. It's not as big as having the best manners in, in Pasadena. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It's not, no. but it's no, it, pretty close. It's yes. pretty close, yes. <laughs> so, all right, so two things. One is the Gen Z back off, and two, let's hear it for arts education, okay? Because yes. I saw an arts educator tweet out right after the inauguration, and it really struck me. She, she said, you know, there is an Amanda Gorman at every like underprivileged high school that you've written off in America if you educate them in the arts and you mm -hmm. give them access to teachers and mentors who will make a difference. And I thought that was a very powerful statement. I know STEAM or STEM is the big yes. you know, push now, but let's not forget that the arts is a place where many, many people find their voice and find their importance and find their sense of self. And I was struck, uh, the LA Times had a wonderful story about the actual individual teachers that had mentored her all throughout her education, and then the nonprofit arts organization, Write Girl, uh, that provided professional writing mentors for her while she was in high school. Like a lot of, it took a lot of people to get Amanda Gorman to where she was. Right. And she has extraordinary talent, but there are lots of extraordinarily talented young people at high schools that you might have written off. So uh, I think so, that's really true, and particularly now because the performing arts have been so hard uh, hit by the pandemic. Yes, and 
and these kids are not getting to able to express and perform the way that they should uh, during this really key developmental time in their lives. You know, I think it's even more important to support the arts. I agree. Yes. And it's going to be a lot, it's going to be helpful for people in processing what we've just been through too. The arts, you know, it will, it will help people process it. So let's hear it for arts education, all you wonderful mentors and teachers and organizations that are supporting the arts. All right. uh, When we come back, we're going to talk about the year of the pivot. And then we're going from round table into hodgepodge. So that's, (laughs) that's a new one for us. So stay tuned for the Satellite Sisters. Liz, you know we love talking about Framebridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Would I, I you like did. to share? Would you like you know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already framebridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the Framebridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, rate or gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this sounds like- But you are going to be happy, okay? (laughs) That's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. Okay, we're back. Uh, All right, Jewel, thinking about changing up your career at all? Thinking about doing any pivoting? (laughs) What's you never know, Leanne. You never know if this <laughs> pandemic continues. You might, yes. You have to keep moving. You have to keep flexible. I think that's important. I mean, yeah. That, yeah. I do think that's important. Right. Well, I, there's a new uh, magazine called Millie out. It comes from the folks at Meredith. And I get it with my real, real simple subscription, but I really like it because it's all about personal finance and career advice for women. Um, oh. And so I got the new issue and I was reading the letter from the editor, which I often do because that's how much I love magazines so much. I actually read the editor's letter. Nobody and- <laughs> reads those, Leanne. That's good. I'm glad you, they look at the picture and they move on. Yeah. Yeah. Not me. No, not me, Jill. I read the whole letter. Uh, but the editor there, Diane DeCostanzo, she, she highlighted this. She said, for many women, this means pivoting from one kind of work to another because they quit or they lost their jobs, their industries collapse, or their interests shifted during the pandemic. Change, pivot means change and change can be terrifying. So that's true, but that's it. Industries did collapse. Like entire Mm -hmm. businesses are gone, entire departments. A lot of people we know at various ages had to, you know, take take packages and move along. And that is pretty terrifying. And they're not ready to retire yet. So what do you do? You have to pivot. So, um, So I like the story about it. And they profiled three women in the magazine who had all done pivots previously. And so I wanted to tell people about two because I thought mm-hmm. they would particularly speak to Satellite Sisters audiences. Okay, the first is Diane Kaufman. She lives on Tybee Island in Georgia. So that's supposed to be one of those beautiful barrier islands right off the coast of Savannah, which right. sounds like a gorgeous place to live anyway. Okay, so she's 65 years old, and this was interesting. She was in um, hotel management for many years at Marriott. She had a big job there. She worked there for 26 years. She traveled all over the world for them, and she said she woke up, and she was at a big resort in Palm Springs, and she thought, I just don't want to do this anymore in 2007. Yeah, 
So in 2008, she moved back to Tybee Island. It's a boutique. She founded Mermaid Cottages, a boutique-style vacation rental management business in Tybee Island, Georgia. So she now manages 45 cottages and historic homes, retaining a percentage of the rental fees in return for handling everything from online marketing and reservations to customer service and housekeeping. So she's she's using all the skills that she learned in the hospitality industry and her experience and she's pivoted to a more entrepreneurial type of job. Wow. Exactly, Julie. Yeah, is that, you nailed it. Yeah, you nailed it. That's exactly what she's doing. So the first year she admits she only made $5,000, but today she generates a, a top line revenue in six figures and her compensation is on par with her peak earning years at Marriott. So that's pretty extraordinary that in 12 years she's created this business, that she loves it. And so her advice to people who were looking to pivot was know your strengths. Like, and she said, like, personalized service and hospitality are what made us different at Marriott. And so I just took everything I learned in that job, but applied it in this, you know, much smaller field. And that's really made them stand out. She said she gives back to her community. So she's become an important part of the Tybee Island community for, you know, beach cleanups and any other community service projects. And she said, you know, learn on the job. She said she's worked almost every aspect of her business as she's learned it over the last 12 years, you know. I mean, I'm sure she had to work very, very hard to make that pivot and that it wasn't you know, I'm glad they give you the information of how, how much she made the first yes. year because that could, that could, you know, for some people that wouldn't work, you know, right. that they wouldn't have enough savings to, to stick with it right. or that they would be so discouraged uh, by the response to, um, to her idea, you know, uh, that they might give up on it. But that's, um, that's an ins- inspiring story, Liam. Yeah. Okay. So the, the, the next one, I feel like it was tailor-made for the Satellite Sister Oh, community. really? Okay. I'm or all- for me. Okay. So the profile is Naomi Boak. She is 68 years old now. Uh, and this will give you a, a tip off. She lives in Weston, Connecticut and Brooks Camp at Katmai National Park and Preserve in Alaska. So here was her story. She was a producer in public TV for a long time. And then when she lost her husband in 2010, uh, she was 58. She decided to move back to New York and go freelance. And she said, while she had to grind it out there and made some Emmy nominated documentaries, she also had long periods of unemployment. She experienced a lot of ageism, you know, trying to find freelance work when she was in her early 60s. And then she experienced a really bad health setup in 2014. 20 setback in 2014 so while she was recuperating (laughs) wait for it she said she spent a lot of time watching bear cams at explore.org she just loved watching the live streams of the brown bears at katmai national park all right so sort of on a whim she saw a facebook posting on for media rangers in the national park system and she applied, and 10 days later, she got the job. She goes to the National Park there in Alaska six months a year, and she hosts live educational broadcasts for the 9 million people annually who view the bear cams. Wow. Isn't that unbelievable? That's, I mean, because she has no previous background uh, in Alaska. No. Working with bears. No. But she knew media. She knew media. And yeah. she watched the bear cans, but she had the she had the appropriate background to do that. Yeah. That's yeah. that is quite a pivot, Liam. Now she admits the it's the financial thing was a was a step down. She's only okay. working six days a week for twenty to twenty five dollars an hour, and it's four to six or six four to six months a year. She said so, but it's been great for her soul, if not for her bank account. She said you have to be really fit. She walks eight to ten miles a day. She mm. lost 40 pounds the first year she worked there and she wouldn't trade it for the world because, you know, she's surrounded by bears and birds and the peace of the wilderness. And she said there are a lot of opportunities at the park service if you don't want to live in the middle of Alaska. So you should check that out. So there you well, go. That's an amazing story. But is, she, but is she setting up the cameras where the bears come? Is it or just? No, I think she, no, I think those are set. I think she's just hosting set. the online. She's oh. just hosting the online things. Yeah. That's so I don't know. I mean, I don't know why she's walking eight to 10 miles a day. I don't know. So yeah. I would be running if I was working with bears. I would just 
running away from them. I get it. I got it. So anyway, just some inspiring stories. If you're being forced to pivot this year, particularly if you, you know, got a, got a a pink slip and and not ready to retire yet and trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. Some real talk about real money, but also some opportunities. Right. I know. And then, and then just assessing your own skills and seeing how you can redirect your own skills. That's, that's the interesting part, you know? Yeah. To live, to live, you know, to live a life that is more satisfying to you, which right. I think is what we all want to, you know, right. to have a more satisfying life. Very inspirational, sister. Okay, okay. I like that. You're the all pivot. Right. Well, now, now we're going to pivot again because now it's time in the show for the discussion roundtable with Leon Dolan. <laughs> okay. Three hot topics, Leon. Okay. Oh so wow. It's going to be lightning round, uh, but we're going to get your take on these hot topics. And then we're, we're going to agree or disagree, and then we're going to move on to the second. And okay. The, okay. So here's the first top, a topic. Remember the movie when Harry loves, um, uh, met Sally? Yeah. Yes. And they have a scene in it where they're both wearing fisherman knit sweaters, okay? They're both wearing those nice Irish knit sweaters. Yes. It's really cute. Okay. So here's the hot topic. Partners or spouses wearing the same clothes. Do you, do you think this is a good idea, a good trend? Because I just saw um, a fashion article saying like the Irish knit sweater, it's good for everybody. It upgrades your look. It's good during a pandemic. It's good. You might want to wear it during this big rainstorm you're, you're about to have, Leanne. What do you think? Partners wearing the same clothes? I have reached a point in my life where I don't care what other people wear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care anymore. <laughs> Like your sons, your husband. Just, I don't care. <laughs> so, so if you want to dress like your partner or spouse, dress like your partner or spouse. I don't care. How about you? Uh, I I feel still feel strongly. I do not want to be in the same color as as my uh, partner and spouse. Okay. Like if if we both come out of the closet in blue sweaters, I'm just going to go back. I'm going oh. go back into the closet and change. I just. I, I think it's, you know, some of it is, um, you know, we grew up in this big family, Leanne. Uh, our mother felt very strongly that we should all wear the same clothes. It, may, it makes for great pictures. We have great family pictures because of it. But just that, uh, I, I just don't like, no. I, That's okay. I, so I claim colors. I claim things. Okay. Like I can wear the Irishness sweater. You cannot. Okay. okay. And okay, moving on to the second roundtable discussion. Uh-huh. I received this week a newsletter from Clorox Bleach, okay? Uh, so they <laughs> sent me a newsletter. So my question to you, uh, Leon Dolan, is do I need to read a newsletter about Clorox? Uh, I think you'd enjoy it, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cleaning is really a hot topic right now. And okay. so they might have some cleaning tips that you don't know about. So of all the products who might send me a newsletter, bleach would be right up there uh, as one that I am interested in. Okay. All right, Lane, because I was thinking I must have signed up for this Clorox newsletter at the beginning of the pandemic to just stay on top of like right. where to get wipes and bleach. And, but this is the first time I've actually received the newsletter. You know, I, we understand that. It takes a while to get newsletters going. Okay. All right, Leanne, I'm going to go back and read uh, my Clorox news. Read it. Let us know what's in it. If there's anything. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Third topic, Leanne Dolan. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is a big issue. Two spaces after a period. Okay. Why is this a controversy? Okay. Carolyn Peterson in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group uh, put up a recent Atlantic uh, Magazine article about the issue of two spaces after a period. Isn't that the way we, isn't that the way we're supposed to do it, Leanne? Well, that was the way people learned when they were typing 40 years ago. So it's, no, I'm just going to, it's just, I don't understand why people put this in the category of grammar or correct. The reason it was two spaces was because your typewriter couldn't justify the type. And so to give the letters, some letters are bigger and some letters are smaller on a typewriter. So to make the lines and paragraphs look a little bit more uniform, you were taught two spaces. But now we don't type on typewriters. We type on modern word processing software Mm -hmm. that justifies the type for us. So it is no longer necessary to type two spaces. So it's not more correct. It's just a very old fashioned way of doing it. 
So it's do we like, denigrate, but why do we have to denigrate people who continue to put the two spaces? I mean, if that's the way you were taught, and in some ways it, it gives the sentence more room. That's the way I feel about it. Yeah, it, it also makes the paragraphs look lazy and shifty, yeah. and I don't like it. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not denigrating people. It's just people think it's more correct. No, it's not. It's just older. It's like saying, well, I learned to dial on a rotary phone, so I'm going to rotary dial my cell phone. I don't care. Uh, I actually look at, first of all, like if I handed in a manuscript with two spaces, I would have to manually go in and remove the extra spaces okay, from professionally you know, 800 word. Right. There's never been an editor that said to me, put two spaces in ever. Again, modern word processing software. And I just judged an essay contest at last year where I had to write, read 50 essays. And the ones that left the two paragraphs, the two spaces, it just stretches the paragraph out. It's not a great reading experience. It, really? It I mean, ages I think it the material. Oh, I can't. Really? Yes, wow. really. No, really. Okay. So y you learned it in typing class in the 70s. Great. Things have changed. I don't know. It's just people okay. put it in the Okay, Miss Manners. So just watch, watch it over there. I'm just saying it's, it's not more correct. It's not grammar. It's a leftover, you know, habit from typing. Okay. It's no longer applicable. Okay. So that is my answer on that. How about you? You're okay with the two spaces. I, I just, I mean, I just, why not? Yeah. Why not leave them in? It, you know, it seems yeah. like, it seems like to tighten it up just... You know, we had one system. It seemed to be working just fine. You know, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, but it, I don't, again, I don't really see the controversy, and I don't want to be denigrated about my uh, my two spaces. Yeah, and I, I, again, no, I'm not I'm not denigrating people, but it's it's more the people who do the two spaces and think they're right. They're not right. It's, okay, it's old fashioned. So <laughs> it's it's and it wouldn't be accepted professionally. All right. That's at that's, all. I mean, that's, there are certain two space opportunities that magazine layouts and occasional, but when you are a professional writer handing in something, the industry standard is one space. And all right. You asked to be take, take out all the extra spaces. Okay. I, I you know, I learned something new on the all the time. Okay. That's, that concludes yeah. our round table with okay. Leanne, discussion with Leanne Dolan. But Leanne, I did want to mention, um, two big new words for 2021 uh, okay okay the first is pangry that's pangry and that's wh what happens when you watch other people defy public health recommendations while you're still sitting at home i didn't make this up i'm a full credit goes <laughs> to the huffington post uh but you know when you're holding up the end oh. of your end of the bargain and uh and you see people, you know, with their not who are not wearing their masks properly in right. the grocery store. That makes you pangry. Okay? It does. Yes, yes, doesn't it? I mean, I mean, you are like muttering under <laughs> under under the yeah. under those masks, right? Uh, yeah. It's it's really hard to cope with panger. I mean, yeah. there's okay. Yes. Uh, now, I would say in particular. We, you always don't know the total situation. You have to try to show compassion. You really don't know what's going on. But let's just face it, anger is a human emotion. <laughs> and you have a right to be pangry, okay? Mm -hmm. But maybe you could channel your panger uh, towards something um, more productive, like a piece of chocolate cake, right? I mean, I don't know. This is a fantastic word. I had not heard this word, and now I'm going to use it every day. Thank yeah. you, Julie. Okay, so that's first term for uh, 2021. Here's my second one, and that is Corona Somnia. Okay. Okay. Corona Som. The pandemic and the ongoing stress of COVID is in is causing an increasing number of people worldwide to experience insomnia. I mean, isn't that right? Uh, I, I am one. It used to be one out of six uh, people. In a, in a worldwide study they just did would indicate that they have insomnia, but now it's one and four. Oh, wow. And it's really impacting, and this is no surprise, uh, mothers, essential wow. workers are getting coronasomnia. Um, and it's, it's very serious. Uh, 
COVID has really disrupted our, all of our patterns, our routines, our environments. Uh, we're working longer hours, you know, we're working irregular hours. Uh, we certainly miss our hobbies. I mean, if I had a hobby, I'm sure I would miss it. And, and friends, I, I miss friends. And yes. it, you know that that you end up being awake at night, right? Right. And experiencing corona somnia. Right. Your brain's going a million miles an hour. I'm sorry to hear that. I always knock wood when I hear the word insomnia because I do not have it. So, and I do not have corona corona somnia. But um, I I'm I'm sorry to hear this word, and I'm sorry if you're going through it. Yes, I mean it's a serious thing, and to think that people all over the world, because yeah. of uh, because of uh, this terrible disease, are experiencing it. Well, Leanne, we cannot end on that note. So, no. you know, I've been trying in 2021 to bring good news to you. So here's my good news story of the week for you. Fort Worth, Texas-based American Airlines just announced that they are launching a wine delivery service called flagship sellers. Now here's what's going on. Uh, American Airlines, uh, I guess, you know, they have all these fancy wines that they yeah. serve in first class. And, but here's what's happening. Nobody's flying anywhere. Nobody's okay. Flying. And nobody's can, nobody can drink the fancy wines on the planes now any, anyway. Right. <laughs> so they, they're, they're stockpile. They have, you know, their sellers, wherever uh, the American Airlines sellers, wine sellers are, they're overflowing. So they have set up with Vines, an on online real, real, uh, retailer, and you are going to be able to buy the same wine that they serve in first class on American Airlines. And they have, you know, all kinds of different, a wide variety of wines there. And when they fly to Germany, they serve German wines <laughs> and they fly to South Africa, you get South African wines. So it could be something that people are interested in. I thought, Leanne, now, this could be really fun. You could set up in your home, but get some of these wines, set up your own first class in your house, get a little cart. Maybe you could just roll it down and serve some beautiful first class wine. What do you think? I think it's great. I mean, people miss travel. So I know. yeah, get a tiny little wine glass that's not the right size. You know? <laughs> a tray table? Get a little tray table. Some warm nuts. Get the warm nuts. Oh, how about some of those towels? Yeah, we yes. can start with a towel. towel. You could create a whole first class experience right at home. Okay, <laughs> that's my good news for the week. So people get on it. American Airlines flagship sellers on the Vines uh, online retailers. Yeah, I'm looking at the website right now. Sure. Yeah. All 12 bottle cases ship free and you get $2, two, two miles per dollar spent. Okay. You get freaking fire miles. That's great. Good news. Uh, thank you. Thank you, American Airlines. Good to know. Uh, speaking of food and wine, we have Claire Tanzi coming up next. She's the author of Dinner Uncomplicated. And uh, she's going to be talking to us about pandemic trends that are going to stick around. So stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we, we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. <laughs> in no their kidding. skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils, I love it all. That duo they have going. Oh. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the Mega Moisture Duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer, and it just delivers <laughs> this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm -hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, yeah. Liz. A youthful yeah. glow is going to happen, <laughs> and it's a, infused with Osea's signature Andaria seaweed, so it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself <laughs> because you're worth it. <laughs> That's true. 
That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code Sad Sisters. So this is it. This is a win-win-win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at oseamalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. We're so happy to welcome back to Satellite Sisters, Claire Tanzi. You love Claire. You know her. She's the author of two of our favorite Satellite Sister cookbooks. Well, they're not really Satellite Sister cookbooks. They're her cookbooks. But we have embraced them uncomplicated taking the stress out of home cooking and her latest dinner uncomplicated fixing a delicious meal every night of the week claire tansy welcome back to satellite sisters hello hello happy to be here (laughs) how are things in your neck of the woods these days claire what's happening there um not too bad you know everybody's healthy in my little trio um my son's doing online schooling uh has been doing that for i feel like now eight weeks suspiciously quiet but i'm leaving it at that i'm leaving it at that okay there's no follow-up questions there um and the big news here is that it is a blizzard today which is very exciting because it's different. <laughs> so that's where we're at. So you're snowed in as, as opposed to locked in. Is that, that's the difference? It's good. You know what? We'll take it. We'll take yeah. it. <laughs> um, okay. So we want to talk a little bit about some of these pandemic food trends that might actually stick around. I mean, we've all been making dinner now all the all, time. All <laughs> the time, Claire. Claire, the time. So, <laughs> Julie, we're still making dinner. And as far as I can see, we're going to be making dinner way out into the fu- uh, future. Yeah. future. Yeah. So what, what do you think is going to stick with these trends? <laughs> um, two big ones that I think are going to stick around. I have a whole list of things that are going to leave, but the two big ones that I see sticking around are, first of all, buying local, supporting local. I think everybody's really into that and loving that and discovering lots of new little places because of it. That's great. Love that. The second one, I think a lot of people ordered in their holiday meal. Yeah, And I think a lot of people felt the liberation that is letting somebody else do the holiday cooking. Now, people who love to cook, it's our big day, right? Like it's, we, we focus on that for the year, but people who are only maybe lukewarm about cooking, they are thrilled to get the entire dinner served to them or sent, delivered to their door in little takeaway containers. So I feel like that is going to continue long into the future. That's a light bulb for me. I think you nailed it. Yeah, I think people are going to be like, what was all the fuss? What was all that nonsense about cooking that giant bird? Well, I'm and just going to buy it. Exactly. And a lot of it was actually incredibly affordable, right? Like if you look at the time that we normally spend in the kitchen and then all the stuff you have to buy, the turkey, the stuffing, the sides, the this, the that, the appetizers. And we were looking at this sort of $19.95 per person. You can't cook it at home for that price. <laughs> So I think that like, you know, for Christmas, for New Year's Eve, um, and I'm, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up. I know a lot of my restaurant friends are telling me they've got a lot of pre-orders already. So, hey, maybe that's going to be our new thing. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right. It, What's it does not seem st- like the civic thing to do. You know, uh, why Doesn't cook? It though? Right? It? You know, let's, uh, yeah. Yeah. let's support restaurants. Good. I like I it. Do actually, another big one I think is going to stay with us is online grocery shopping. Now, okay. regardless of, you know, the great sour cream debacle or the lobster debacle, <laughs> oh. right? Regardless, <laughs> I think that a lot of people have been forced into figuring out the technology of it. Mm-hmm. And now that you've got into it, and I think with online online shopping, a lot of it is that front-loaded annoyance of, okay, uh, how do I, where do, oh, I forgot, where do I find the Ziploc bags and what's on sale? So once we kind of get over that big hurdle, I think online grocery shopping is going to sail into the future, a bright future. I, I agree. Think, yeah. I agree on that one, 100%. Yeah, because it takes- Even though you're she, still working she, through your sour cream? Yeah, I am still <laughs> working through it. But other than that, I don't miss going to the grocery store and yeah. I love That's grocery stores. That's an amazing stores. thing to say. Oh, like, I know. Yeah. That's that was it sort is. of your life. It was my life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now you just get to do it from your pajamas and your pajamas on the couch, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Right. Right. I think out though, that's so that one's in. Out is going to be online takeout, 
from the big chain platforms, the skip the dishes, the Uber Eats, the whatever. Yeah. That is, you see that the tide is really very much turning against that when we learn about how restaurants are getting charged these exorbitant extra fees and so many threads happening in all of my community groups about, you know, where can I order from directly so that all the money goes to that restaurant. So I think no more uh, takeout from those big chains and everybody's going to be focused on the little guys. Okay. That's a good call. I okay. can see that happening. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here's something we're going to keep banana bread. Everybody okay. was baking banana bread. <laughs> we're still in with banana bread. You know why? Because we're all still over buying bananas. And what do you right. do with leftover bananas <laughs> now out? And this might be a surprise sourdough bread. No, mm. anybody tried to keep that sourdough alive the whole year? Guess what? Most of them have probably died. So, <laughs> so forget it. If you're thinking about it's time to make bread, focus on banana bread. Skip okay. the sourdough bread. <laughs> Quick breads. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, you know, the proofing, that's, that's too much. Yeah. I know. Right? Banana bread. It uses up your waste product and it's delicious. It's delicious. That's the other thing. It tastes good. Even if you blow it, it tastes good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Another one that is going to stay with us, dinner at home. Okay. I know we're all sick of it. Oh, please. So yes. sick. But, but I think it's really, I think people have realized two things. One, yes. All you people who said you couldn't cook, now that you've had to cook, you can cook. Right. And it is just so much better for us, right? Like it's better for us physically and financially and it's great for the family and everything. So we're going to keep that. However, the whole date night at home, no, 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 that, no. That I was, can tell you. That doesn't I, work, right? Right, Claire? That, it that, doesn't. Because no. even if you're able to put the kids in front of a movie or you put the kids to bed and eat at 10 o'clock at night, something goes wrong. Yeah. Uh, for me, I just fall asleep uh, because yeah. at that time of the night, I'm too tired. Um, so I think as soon as the restaurants are open, I am leaving the house. I'm going to hire, I don't care how much the babysitter costs. She can charge me $50 an hour. I don't care. I am going out date night out. Right. I believe in that. Yeah. I, yeah, I just that, reached my, the end of my rope this weekend. Like I can't do all the dinners all the time. I just want someone else to cook for me. I, we can call it a date night. Call it what you want. I just, I don't want to have to make your food decisions anymore. So Agreed. I'm excited for restaurants to open safely. Same here. Okay. One more that's uh, another in, uh, people are investing in great long lasting kitchen equipment. Oh. So, you know, they're going for that great uh, pan or those good knives or that fantastic cutting board that you'll have because you're using it multiple times a day, every day. So I love that I'm seeing, I, and I'm sure fashion people would agree. It's like when you can just invest in one thing that is going to last you forever and do a hundred different things for you. Fantastic. That, so that I think people are recognizing that. Something that's leaving us, regrowing your green onions from the little roots that are uh, yeah, left. Yeah, what the? Stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> They're 59 cents a bunch, people. Let's yes. just do this. <laughs> and they stink up the kitchen. I mean, I it's gave bad. it a whirl. It's just, it was like, it was like an onion diffuser throughout the whole house. Who wants that? No, that's not yeah. the diffuser we want. Okay, and one final one. Uh, there were, you know, the grocery stores were just jump. Their their private labels were kind of jumping over themselves trying to get new uh, recipes, new products onto the shelves because people were buying so much, and so we found a lot of innovative new flavor combinations. So things that are going to stay with us: spicy dips. I saw oh. whipped, whipped feta with jalapeno dip. Ooh. I'm in on that. <laughs> that sounds good. Tell, tell you what's out. Terrible dips. Did you see this? <laughs> Chocolate hummus. No, Ew. it's a hard pass, my friends. Hard pass. And I had so many people say, oh, no, it's delicious. No, no. a hard pass. That's wrong. So that's it. Those They're Ingredients should never be put together. I agree with that. Yeah. That's no, it. That's my, that's my predictions. Okay. These are good. I think these are really insightful. Thank you for doing so much thinking about it. I hadn't really thought about the grocery store labels, but I have seen a lot of new private yeah. label like stuff like interesting bruschettas and all of a sudden i'm buying some of those and mm -hmm. artichoke thingies and stuff mm -hmm. ah mm -hmm. i wonder mm -hmm. where the, why they were all showing up on the mm -hmm. shelves they've and got your I number know. yeah mm -hmm. they do they do mm -hmm. all right so claire we want to switch here for a little bit to kitchen 
disasters, um, <laughs> writing kitchen wrongs. And you posted on Satellite Sisters, and then I failed to see it. So I also posted on Satellite Sisters. Wow, people are having really struggling with putting sugar in things. Claire? I, I feel like that I was putting these things into categories and mistaken identities, the flower, like other things masquerading as flour was quite a big category. Yes, we had a lot of people accidentally using icing sugar as flour. Uh, <laughs> I could see that. You know, yeah, it's dark. You, you know, you're, you're, sick, you're sick of cooking. You know, I suppose. Just, you just but, go into the pantry or grab something white. You know, I, I <laughs> happening. Yeah. I loved it. The uh, the person, I think it was Kim who put it in her beef stroganoff, ice and oh. sugar and stuff. <laughs> and then, you know, props to the person who actually ate it and said, this is delicious. I love it. Um, then there was the icing sugar um, inst instead of flour for the cookies, and it made a total mess. Um, we also had, well, in the, in the cake department, we had um, a Robin whose kid forgot to add all the flour completely in the chocolate cake. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, and then there was somebody, uh, that was Carolyn, who put baking powder on the rolling pin instead of flour. Oh, my God. Rolling out cookies. I know. That's icing sugar. And, you know, it's just not good. And baking powder. Um, then there was Kate who used, she needed juniper berries for a recipe. Couldn't find them. Used gin instead. Oh. I think is I think <laughs> that is fair. Unfortunately, it turned out to be a waste of gin. Gin. And then the truly terrifying one was Penelope. Who had it? Who had it? Penelope, you're getting a snort from. <laughs> Sorry, Penelope. I don't know what you did, Penelope, she was making making ginger cookies and wanted to add a little bit of oil to the mixture because it wasn't going around quickly enough. But she accidentally added lighter fluid. Oh. <laughs> People. <laughs> And and then tell, and then admitted that the two containers were kept side by side. <laughs> I feel like health and safety needs to get on this. Yes, maybe that's your next book, Claire. Yes, <laughs> yes. fair enough. So all this is to say that sisters and misters, check your labels. Um, okay. So yeah, that's that's important. That is important. Okay. And then then there was another whole category of like when when appliances turn against us. <laughs> <laughs> which is very scary we had barb whose poor mother lost her eyebrows oh, from an oven an oven in, in adventure uh, uh julie who, who uh, i don't think this was our julie uh so she was making beignets her significant other's arm was set on fire uh oh my no gosh. more details <laughs> oh my gosh no uh poor olivia who decided to mix the popcorn balls with her hands after adding the hot caramel not good oh. um gosh uh <laughs> And then um, Nancy, now I've done this before. This is embarrassing for me. She was trying to scrape something on the side of her blender. And so she shoved the spatula in there. Of course, the blender was still running. Oh, and oh. the blender in, it decided to take the spatula, uh, puree it up, then send the contents of the blender onto the ceiling. A lot of these stories ended with, anyway, I had to repaint my ceiling. <laughs> You ever had any of those? Have you ever had to repaint the ceiling? These are yeah. real disasters. This isn't like it's adding hard. a little extra salt, um, you know, coming out with some salty soup or something like that. This is this is <sighs> well, life and death. It seems. Yeah. <laughs> My God. No, we shouldn't laugh. We shouldn't no. laugh. No. Um, and then the other, the final category I had was uh, well, actually two more categories. One was terrific husbands who um, you know eat things without saying a word, and it turns out forty <laughs> years later that actually they hate yogurt. Uh, looking at you, Jean or uh, Barbara, who served dry spaghetti and burnt garlic bread, and everybody just ate it up. That's good guests. That's good behavior. That's how my mother raised me. Whatever's in front of you, you eat it with a smile. Um, and Beth, who was making liver and onions, turns out the husband never liked the liver and onions. Hmm. Oh man, who does? Our mother. Mother used to make us eat that. Same that was here. the worst night of the month. Oh, oh. I, I guess it, it was considered very nutritious. Yeah. yeah. My college used to have liver and onion night. Yeah. That oh, was, man. Yeah. Oh. They, my, my sister was served liver and onions after delivering her first child in the hospital. They thought oh, it would make her feel better. So Canadian. I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> gosh. Okay, and final category, um, spices, when spices have gone wrong. Oh. Uh, yeah, you know, okay, so we had Joanne who used chili powder instead of cinnamon, uh, made spicy cookies. I oh. have done just the opposite. I made chili with cinnamon one time, and it oh. was... It was kind of tasty, you know, uh, in a weird kind of way, but that happened to me. Okay, I digress. Sorry, Claire. No, that's okay. I, lo I love hearing the the personal anecdotes. Um, I had we had people who added too much chili, um, and it, it, of course, it was all unfortunately it was cayenne instead of chili powder, so people's faces melting off because things were too spicy. There's a whole category on garlic. The great debate between uh, garlic salt and then garlic cloves versus heads of garlic. I have, a, I have my own personal oh. experience with that, having eaten hummus, uh, poor hummus getting a bad rap, but hummus <laughs> made by a friend, instead of four uh, bulbs, little, you know, little cloves of garlic, she added four heads of garlic. <gasps> oh my God. Oh, wow. That stuff could have melted wallpaper. I tell you, it was serious business. <laughs> That's like a poultice, you know. That's like what they would put on your chest in Little House on the Prairie to draw out <laughs> tuberculosis, the fever, yeah. or whatever. Okay. <laughs> oh, anyway, it was so much fun reading all these fantastic um, disasters. I think a lot of people were commiserating with each other and saying, "Oh yeah, I've done that," and "Oh well, I don't feel so badly about what I did." So, not to worry if you have a disaster. If you're whether you're a new cook or an experienced cook, we've all had them. Claire, that was fun. That was an excellent <laughs> idea that you had. Well, thank you. We enjoyed. I said we love having guests on that produce their own segments. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you guys to share your own kitchen disasters if you had any that come to mind. I mean, I have. I could write a book about my own kitchen disasters, but what about you guys? Julie, you had something just happened, didn't well, you? Well, I just, yeah, it wasn't, I, I guess it was a disaster. You know, sometimes when, you know, you're making a soup uh, and it just, it, you're, it's supposed to be a creamy soup and it just never comes together. It's too thin. I was going to ask you, Claire, what's the best, you know, best way when you've already added whatever flour you were supposed to add to the soup to make it, to thicken it up, what's the best way to, um, to. Like too, um, too liquidy? Like, like you mean, like it's just too runny? It's too runny. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. How do you Ooh. fix a soup? You know, well, oh, okay. Well, gosh, it depends on how much work you want to put into it. Um, one thing is you okay, can clear. Remember, we've been cooking every <laughs> single night since this darn <laughs> pandemic started. So, so no, I don't want to spend hours fixing. Gotcha. This I gotcha. Okay. Um, I would add a big handful of plain uh, raw rice. Um, you know, like basmati rice or, you yeah. know, whatever, white, plain white rice. Um, and don't use brown rice. It won't do this work the same way. And then just like simmer it for 20 minutes uh -huh. and then puree. Because the, what the rice will do is it will both absorb the liquid and it will also release some starch. So it'll kind of do both things. It'll, it'll help you uh, thicken it a little bit. That's it. Okay, I'm going to go into my pantry where all that white stuff is. The <laughs> rice, the flour, the sugar. And I'm going to put a handful of some white stuff in my soup. Okay, got it. Thanks. Perfect. You got it. How about Claire, you? I just want you to know that uh, I've found the perfect use for my sour cream. It's the tzatziki from your Dinner Uncomplicated uh, book. So right there on page 114. So I had to order the cucumbers. They were delivered yesterday. So now I can, I've worked through about a cup and a half of the sour cream. And now I'm going to put the rest of it in tzatziki. So we are going to be enjoying a lot of tzatziki this week on everything. But it is the perfect okay. dip. So thank you. Good. Thank you. Well, I, I feel you have a, a long road ahead of you, but I believe in you. <laughs> thank you. Um, I, I know it's not that sour cream isn't delicious. It's that I just really can't afford health-wise to eat three pounds no. of it in yeah. a single week. You got to meet it out. You got to meet it out. It does right. last a long time, though. Remember that. It does last well. Okay. Good. Oh, that's good to know. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. I didn't, it's already sour, I guess. So what's the it, point, It is. Right? It is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Claire, we have to wrap, but it's been fun talking to you. But you have an online course coming up that sounds perfect for uh, people who enjoyed cooking with Liz and really enjoyed learning about spices. It's a spice course? 
it's a, yeah, it's a little master class. It's just an hour long and um, it's a virtual class. You're going to come into my kitchen. It's going to be live. So you can ask me all the questions about your expired spices and you're in your spice museum. Um, and we're going to focus on kind of like what to get rid of, uh, what essentials you should focus on, how to buy them, how to store them, and then how to use them, like how to blend spices, how to choose spices when you're, you know, making a dish and you're like, well, this doesn't taste like much. What should I add to it? Um, so it's going to be a really fun little classic of popular demand. All of my students constantly ask me, Claire, how do I deal with my spices? So, um, yeah, and uh, I would love to extend a level a discount to my satellite sisters. Um, so if you want to come and visit me at dinneruncomplicated.com slash spices, discount code sisters45, I will send you all that info, Lee, and so you can put it in the show Great. notes. Fantastic. And, Thank and, you. Yeah, so I'd love to see you there at the end of February. All right. Sounds okay. really fun. Oh, thank Thanks. you, Claire. Yeah. Great. All right. Claire Tansy, thank you so much for joining us today. It was really fun to talk to you. I know it's snowing there. So, hey, just stay inside. Don't go out. Just stay oh, inside. Cook something. Tip. That's a, I think I will. Good one. Like, great to chat. Nice, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. If you insist. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Right. Bye, Bye, Claire. Claire. <laughs> Oh, that was a delight. Yes, I will have information on Claire's Spice class and everything you need in the show notes. Uh, you can always find them at SatelliteSisters.com or if you're listening on a podcast app, just tap the cover art and the show notes should pop up. I usually repost things like this also in our Satellite Sisters Facebook group or over at our Satellite Sisters Facebook page. I am going to fire up Pep Talk, our, our newsletter again, probably not this week, but next. I think I can clear out some time to do that. So that's another opportunity uh, get the notes from the show yeah. and all the links and things like that. So if you haven't subscribed to pep talk yet, that's a good idea. And you can just go right over to satellitesisters.com and do that. All right. Spice Julie, course sounds fun. It I does sound fun. I, yeah. I think I'd like to do that. Yeah. Cause I just, I'm, yeah, I, I feel like I, I use spices like an Irish girl, you know what I mean? Which is not that well. I mean, there's a <laughs> whole category of spices I don't really understand. So uh -huh. uh, I would like to get to be more adventurous with, you know, certain spices. So I, mean, I feel like I've mastered the Mediterranean spices, but, you know, Middle Eastern spices, I'm not too good with. Mm -hmm. uh, as mm -hmm. hot stuff, I'm not too good with that. So um, mm -hmm. that sounds fun. And I'd really like to get to the bottom of garlic salt. On your yeah. Side. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of confuses me. It does. Okay. Versus garlic powder. I know. It, we could talk about food and talk with Claire forever. We want to thank her for being on the show. Next week on the show, Julie, we're welcoming author Nancy Johnson. Okay. So Nancy has a new book coming out. She's going to talk to us on her pub day, uh, 2 2. The book is called The Kindest Lie, and it's getting a lot of buzz. I had the opportunity to read it in the fall. It's a fantastic book. It's a look at, it's a look at race and education and the differences between staying in your small hometown and getting out of your small hometown. It's just a lot to chew on in this book. It would be a fantastic book club pick, but don't take my word for it. Tune in next week. We'll have Nancy Johnson. She's the author of The Kindest Lie. That will be next week on the show. Oh, I can't um, wait. Yeah. We'd also like to thank our engineer, of course, Sergio Enriquez, for making us sound great. Thank you, Sergio. We appreciate everything you do. A big thanks to our sponsors. We have two new ones this week, and it's always fun to welcome uh, new sponsors to Satellite Sisters. All right, Jewel, uh, it's a busy week, it feels like, but do you have anything on your to-do list? Oh, yes, Leanne. I am going to order a, a king cake because, uh, you know, we, we both lived in New Orleans for a long time. This is king cake season. Um, and I want a king cake, Leanne. So I'm going, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. it. And I don't get, think I'm going to share cake. it with anyone. Okay. <laughs> it's a very traditional thing to eat prior to Mardi Gras. Um, and there are a couple of great bakeries in New Orleans that make it. I'm going to go to Randazzo's online. Uh, we're going to put the, we're going to put the, um, the website in the show notes. But if you know of another place that, that ships delicious king cakes, I'm all in. So please let us know at our Facebook group. Thanks. Fantastic. Uh, 
All right, Julie, for me, it's a race against time because we were supposed to have a giant uh, rainstorm here Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in Southern California. And Californians really don't do well in the rain. No, and this is extreme rain. This is okay. a four to five inches. You know, they're supposed to get literally 10 feet of snow in the mountains. So okay. we need it all, but um, I need to get uh, fertilize my roses. I just cut them all back. Uh, I need to fertilize the roses before the rain comes so that the fertilizer can sink into the ground. I know it sounds like a small thing, but we take okay. our roses. We take our roses very seriously. I know you live Pasadena. in Pasadena. I know. So you may, <laughs> if you save these roses, Leanne, you may get the nod to be the rose queen. I just feel like this is it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Keep hope alive, sister. <laughs> All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Have a great week, Joel. You too, Leanne. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.